Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Well, welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough, Managing Partner of Blackburn Capital Advisors. Today's guest is a social entrepreneur, life coach, and lifelong learner. He has 20 years of experience as a leader in construction management. His company has been able to achieve his business, their business goals while helping their community by assisting local charities. He is the Vice President of DMY Engineering Consultants. Please welcome Wamik Amid. Thank you, Greg. And thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. It's my pleasure. Um, so this podcast is about leadership. And my favorite question to ask my guests is, tell me about some misconceptions in leadership. Yes, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> and uh, this is something that uh, I can sit up if I think about other people, that what other people might have any misconception about the leadership if I just look back, you know, at my own life previously, when I started my career, how I used to think about the leadership. So maybe that would be the answer to your question. That those were the misconceptions I had personally. Mm. I, in the beginning of my career, I, I equated the leadership as kind of, uh, you know, some uh, big titles uh, like. Uh, the president, the CEO, a director, manager. So in my mind, that those are the people who are at a leadership position. And later in my career, uh, I I also realized that maybe you know with these leadership positions, with these these uh, heavy titles, uh, there are some uh, you know powers which comes with the, all these titles and leadership positions with some perks and privileges too. So in a way that fascinated me that I also want to be a leader because there are a lot of benefits. Uh, little did I know that it's not that easy. So, but at least that's what I can tell you that uh, based on my own experience, that's a kind of misconception. Probably I would say that generally people have in their mind, at least this is what I used to have. Yeah, that's that's very true, and I I've seen that in my career as well. You know, very early on, right out of college, I would look up to people that had certain titles and certain privileges, benefits, you name it. And then when you be you end up with that title on your business card, it's a different experience than you were anticipating. So I'd love to get in a little bit deeper um, with your experience. Like, is there something specific? Uh, that comes to mind when we're talking about sort of what your perception was as a young engineer looking at these heavy titles, and now you have a, a different title, a larger title. Where Give us some examples of, of what you're referring to. So, yeah, that's a good question. So I would say that uh, when I started taking some uh, or assuming some uh, leadership positions, uh, especially when uh, I joined this DMY, my partner, my friend actually had already started this business. I joined him as uh, as his partner. 
so since then, which was probably 11, 12 years ago, since then, I really feel that uh, now we have the responsibility of running this business as a leader. And that's where I realized that leadership or providing leadership is not that as simple as I used to think. Uh, so from that point of view, I thought that uh, maybe there are some you know, titles associated. Maybe there are some perks and privileges, but most importantly, this is a heavy responsibility. Mm. Uh, and, uh, and when you have the responsibility of not just running a business, but I mean, you really start feeling that it's not just about you anymore. This is a team, whether it's a small or big. In our case, currently we have 65 plus employees. Yes. So whenever I think about the business, I just do not think about making money. I also think about all those people that who are, you know, part of this, you know, team. And uh, if we do not do what we are supposed to do, then all of us, all of us will be affected. So in my mind, the leadership, uh, the concept of leadership has become more kind of responsibility, that I have the responsibility of all those people who are part of our team. So that's what I can think of, that this is kind of more uh, major shift in my in my mind. But at the same time, if, uh, if I want to like explain it a little bit more, I also feel that uh, that when you are at a leadership position, then as I said, it's not just about me or you know maybe just a few partners in the business. So you have to basically inculcate these values, the the qualities to other team members too. So that it's not that you as a leader is just a leader, and then you are creating everybody else as a follower. Mm. So that's what I also felt that uh, since the beginning that my role is not just to provide the leadership, but also create more leaders. So there are more responsible people, uh, people who are part of, a, of this team, who have the belief, who have the vision, and who basically can take their own decision decisions, of course, based on some guidelines. So, so, so it's not just like you are the one that who is acting as a leader, but also encouraging other team members to start taking leadership positions. I love how you said that. Um, one, around heavy responsibility, because it, it certainly is. And then two, the having the responsibility of creating new leaders. So th talk to me a little bit more about creating new leaders and, and the tools that you use um, with your team to help develop leadership skills within your team? Yes. Again, very good question. So, and again, you know, whenever you're asking these questions, so many things are coming in my mind in the last uh, 11, 12 years with DMY. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, this is easier said than done uh, <laughs> because most of the times when we are running a business, and that's what I always tell my partners too, that most of the time we are working in the business, not on the business. So, but I mean, I understand that uh, both are very important. Although most of the time we are kind of uh, slacking, we are, 
we are uh, too much busy in day-to-day business, in day-to-day operation that we forget about running on the uh, working on the business. So when you talk about uh, you know encouraging and creating that, encouraging others and creating uh, uh, leaders, you know, in other team members, then uh, basically it all starts from me. In this case, it's me that if I can show them that I have that trust in them. If I can show them that the whatever I'm talking about, I have the firm belief. And this is the, the key word here, the firm belief. That especially like in, in my case too, if somebody is talking to me and I'm also an angel investor too, if somebody is talking to me about you know investing in some other in some other companies. I want to really have that trust in that person's capabilities and in person's uh, vision. And if he himself has that kind of belief so that, you know, I can also believe him. The same thing that is need, same thing is also needed in my case when, you know, in DMY's uh, example, that I wanted to show them that whatever I'm telling them, that's, you know, that's really I believe in. I have this vision. If we really work together, then we can achieve certain targets, certain goals, whatever we are trying to achieve. So the belief you should have in yourself, in your own vision, and when you talk to the other people and trust in their capabilities, give them the room to make mistakes and uh, give them you know, a room to basically take their own decision within certain guidelines, then they would start feeling more empowered and then they will start basically taking those leadership roles, what we are talking about. So I would say that in your capabilities or in your vision, firm belief, after that trusting in other people's uh, uh, talent and qualities and whatever they are doing, trusting them and giving them you know, the freedom, that's probably the, uh, the main uh, requirements in order to create the leadership in your uh, team. That's fantastic. Um, you know, shifting gears just slightly, you mentioned that you joined your firm 11, 12 years ago, and there was a friendship there. The business was already established. Um, talk to us about that partnership dynamic, right? Because there's there's leading of leading of teams, and then there's leadership within your partnership of your business. You know, talk to the audience about you know, we could have an audience member who's considering, you know, joining up with a friend to create a business or join a new business or something. Talk to us about that journey and, and what are some of the words of wisdom you would give to an entrepreneur looking to partner up with another entrepreneur? So, yes, uh, partnership. It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first reaction. But at the same time, I think this is what I always say. That if you want to go to a certain, you know, distance, I mean, you can go alone. But if you go wanna, if you go on a, if you wanna go farther, then you know, go in a group, go in a team. So I would say that if you have bigger vision, I mean, maybe there are some, you know, more talented people who can probably do everything uh, by themselves. But at least I'm not one of those. So I always feel that I can work better in a team environment, especially when I have some partners with me. So, but as I said, it's not easy to, there are so many challenges. Uh, and uh, maybe I mentioned somewhere that I'm 
also part of a Boy Scout America for the last 10 years, 11 years. And, uh, and uh, you know, when we had that training for uh, Boy Scouts, uh, in terms of uh, the teamwork, this is what I learned in the very beginning that when you start, you know, working in a team, there are different stages. And maybe I'm, I'm forgetting all the stages, but the very first stage is uh, storming. When you form a team, there is a phase of a storming. You see that everybody is uh, kind of storming in and trying to find their own place. There's a first stage of storming. After that, it's norming. People get to start normalizing. And then it's uh, forming. Then they are really coming together. And the last stage is, is performing. Then they really mm-hmm. start performing. So storming, norming, forming, and performing, that's where you know I see that these are the different stages one can one should be ready to go through uh, if they are uh, you know uh, expecting some kind of uh, partnership somewhere. So so it was uh, uh, not easy as I said, but at the same time very fruitful. And uh, I still feel that uh, at this stage, uh, when we at least consider ourselves kind of more stable business and it's a repeat work, and we are also growing. Uh, even in the pandemic, we were growing. So, and um, and uh, you know, uh, we are known in the market for our quality work. I see it's not just because of me. I think if I did not have my good partners with me, it was uh, not possible. So, so, so yes, uh, be ready for you know different challenges. Uh, have patience, uh, uh, especially when you are dealing with different personalities. But everybody, I think, have a good positive attitude toward other partners. Everybody has their own personality. They bring their own ideas. Maybe they are at times not aligned with your ideas, with your thoughts, but it's still their good intention. So uh, at the end of the day, it's basically how you finally take the decision and how do you implement it and just be together. That's what sometime back we used to say. There's not necessary that we will agree with, with uh, each other on everything. But finally, when we make the decision, we have to align with each other. Mm. So maybe we have the differences, but once the decision is made, align with each other so that we all can you know, work toward that goal for which we have made the decision. That's, that's what, well said. You, know, you mentioned uh, your involvement with Boy Scouts. And a question came to mind, um, how, when, when working with younger adults or even kids in your Boy Scouts, um, talk to me a little bit about identifying leadership traits within a younger community. Mm. Yes. Uh, so Boy Scout is very close to my heart. Uh, I did not have any experience when I was young, but uh, uh, Probably I told you I have three boys. The oldest one, when he joined uh, uh, Boy Scouts, that was that was like uh, again maybe that was like twelve years back. So that's when I started getting involved and at different positions, at different leadership roles as an adult. Uh, you know, I work with them. Uh, my oldest son finally graduated uh, as Eagle Scout, uh, which is the highest rank in the Boy Scouts. My second one is a still scout, and third one also just started. 
Uh, I also used to work as a scout master for about three years as a committee chair as well. So, so yes, I learned a lot, but still, I mean, I do not consider myself <laughs> as an expert on leadership, it's still learning. And that's what I call myself lifelong learner, mm. which is probably the best thing. If you want to continue growing, then you, you know, want to continue learning. So in terms, in terms of uh, leadership qualities in BSA and Boy Scouts of America, I think this is what we try to like uh, develop the, you know, like we discussed the responsibility when they, the boys join the troop as a probably they are just kids, like 10 years, 11 years, but slowly and uh, slowly and gradually they start taking different responsibilities. So the, again, this is the, the key word here that we start giving them more responsibilities. We trust them. We call it boys led troop, which means that adults are kind of taking back seats. They are still monitoring, checking that they are not going beyond limits. But they are the ones that who start taking responsibilities, who are basically leading all the efforts with the help of adults. So that's how we try to develop the leadership that they will start taking uh, roles of different responsibilities, especially when they go out, which is a major activity in Boy Scouts, uh, outdoor camps, uh, two nights, uh, one night, and uh, once a year, it's like seven nights camp. This is where they really learn a lot of things about leadership. They are living, you know, in woods, uh, which is not their normal way of living, and uh, with different types of kids. And uh, bathrooms are not that good as they used to see in their homes. And uh, living condition is not that great. But still, you know, they are living together. They are dealing with different challenges, overcoming them, having some arguments. Uh, they have to cook their food. They have to wash their dishes, uh, uh, but finally, you know, they come together and during this, you know, hands-on experience, they learn a lot of qualities. So that's how I think in Boy Scouts Boy Scout, Boy of America, I feel that, you know, this hands-on aspect of the leadership, that's a really uh, feel that which is very commendable. Otherwise, most of the time we are just talking about it, but this is like more experience base. You basically go through different situations and then during that time you learn different things. So yeah, that's how I would say that in, in DSA, that's how you know our boys are learning different leadership qualities. And at the same time, it's not just for the boys, uh, it's for the leaders too, for the adults too. Uh, as I said that in my case, I learned a lot of things uh, in, in Boy Scouts. So although my son was enrolled in the Boy Scout, but at the same time, I was also learning. Isn't that one of the amazing things of leadership is, you know, it's same with mentoring, right? I find when I mentor, I actually get more out of being the mentor than the mentee probably gets out of the relationship. But um, it is a two-way street for sure. Exactly. Uh, well, well, Mick, I'd love to understand a little bit more about your background and you know how you got into engineering and talk to us a little bit about your firm. Uh, tell us a little bit more about you. Mm. So uh, whenever somebody asks me this this question, I think, man, who am I? <laughs> how should I start it? <laughs> People start, I'm an engineer, I'm this, I'm that. So maybe in my life, the uh, most important thing is the family. So I would say that I'm a husband of my beautiful wife. 
and a father of three wonderful boys. Uh, uh, so that's my probably the basic introduction. Uh, professionally, I'm a civil engineer. Uh, I was born in, and raised in Pakistan. I did my undergrad from there, came to the United States in early 2000s, and uh, as a graduate student, did my master's here. Since then, I've been working in uh, you know different companies, but as I said that about 11, 12 years ago, I joined DMY as a partner, and since then we have been working uh, in this business. Uh, uh, DMY's uh, main line of service, uh, as I said, is an engineering consulting firm. So we are a consultant. We mainly work uh, in the public sector, and we provide consulting services uh, in uh, our specialty or the niche is uh, geotechnical engineering, which is a uh, foundation uh, land development. Uh, so, uh, so that type of work is uh, geotechnical engineering where we provide the design services. At the same time, we also do the construction management and quality management during the construction phase. And when I say public sector, that means that mostly we are working in infrastructure projects. And those are like bridges, highways, uh, power plants, uh, water plants, water filtration plants, uh, 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 railway tracks, uh, railway stations. Uh, so those type of projects mostly we are working in. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm also a blogger. I don't know if I mentioned somewhere. Uh, I also write blogs. I have always been interested in writing. Uh, when I was young, I started writing in my language, which is Urdu, my native language, my mother tongue. And then I also tried, I used to write poems too. Uh, I'm a poet too. So, <laughs> and uh, so, but blogging I really like because this is where probably you don't need to spend too much time. It's a short, you know, a version of a big writing, and you can just say something very quickly. So on my LinkedIn profile, you might find some blogs. Uh, some of them I really love them. This is what I some. This is what something I feel that I would, you know, continue working toward my writing more and more. Uh, so most of the time, I do not find time. I write few things, but then again, I do not find time. I cannot complete it. So, but it's still, that's what I want to continue doing more. So I'm a blogger too. At the same time, uh, I said angel investor. I'm also interested in working with the uh, uh, young adult youth, uh, with Boy Scouts or in any other venue where I can feel that whatever I am learning, I can share those uh, uh, you know, the, the values, the, the skills uh, with other young people. I'm also interested in entrepreneurship, spreading, spreading the entrepreneurship within the young people so that they can also be more involved in entrepreneurship. And that was actually one of the reasons that why I joined EO, because I thought that if I can have more understanding of entrepreneurship, then within my community here, I can also basically encourage and motivate other young people. Powerful. Wonderful. Um, you've mentioned angel investing a couple of times. Is there a particular sector you're interested in or a technology or talk to us a little bit about what your, where your focus is on angel investing? 
uh, sector wherever I can make money. No, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, this is what I felt that, uh, as I said, I've, I personally feel technology is something that I'm very interested in, even in DMY, although I mean, it looks like that this kind of more construction related field, but since the beginning, we, it's not just me, my partners do, we all know that technology is going to play a major role in our business. So we are, we have been uh, uh, focusing and investing heavily in technology, creating different, different, uh, different platforms to basically automate and manage whatever the work we are doing. We are still investing in it. So that's in DMY. Uh, which is my main bread and butter. But other than that, uh, in terms of angel investment, I uh, technology is my sector. So wherever I can see that any technology which can help reduce some of the 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 challenges in the world, what we are facing, one of the the major challenges I I feel that like back home in Pakistan, uh, food security is a is a major problem. Uh, and maybe in some other developing nations too. Uh, uh, I would say that I read somewhere uh, that the, the crop yield per acre is going down because maybe lack of uh, modern way of uh, agriculture or use of latest technology, there is no such thing. So so I've been, so basically, yeah, I've, I've been part of a, a venture in Pakistan which is using these IoT devices and uh, some other, you know, cool technologies to to empower the farmers and uh, and the people in agriculture sector so that they can use this latest technology and the information through these tools so that they can make right decision right decisions in terms of when when to water their crops and when to do some you know fertilizers and other chemicals whatever is needed. But uh, that's where I've been like more interested. Uh, technology, which can really make some changes in common people's lives. Wonderful. So an audience member wants to get in touch with you. What's your social media platform of choice? Hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, in terms of what? If somebody wants to get into, you mentioned LinkedIn. Is there any other... I uh, emails or so in terms of uh, like the profession uh, where I am in LinkedIn is the you know the main platform the platform of my choice this is where I've been uh, blogging and publishing my blogs but other than that uh, Twitter is also fun <laughs> if you are part of it it's not going to uh, you know give you any free time you're always there if you want so but at the same time i feel that there's a good wastage of your time that whenever if you are in it you can spend hours and hours just reading what other people are saying but again this is more like in those settings where if you're uh, involved or interested in uh, politics or sports or any type of uh, activity where a lot of other people are involved so twitter is also fun but again i I don't want to spend too much time on Twitter. But other than that, YouTube, I like it because that's where I feel that man, that's a really powerful tool. Uh, we can learn a lot of things. Uh, since the pandemic, not even the, even before that, most of the time I work from my Chantilly office, but uh, I think from 2018 through 2000, 
Uh, I started, you know, even the start of pandemic, which is 2020, I was actually commuting to DC for a project, for the same project, uh, South Capitol Bridge. So during that time, I used to basically listen to a lot of YouTube videos. And I can tell you that I learned a lot during that time, just because of my commute one hour you know, up, one hour down. So that during that time, I, when I go back, I feel that, man, that was the best time. Although I hated my commute, but at the same time, I felt that man, that was a really productive way of uh, utilizing your time. Uh, so I would say, you know, if you want to want me to pick one social media platform, there's the YouTube that you can do a lot of things. You can learn a lot of things. I also started my channel too in YouTube in my own language, Urdu, uh, for some, uh, for those people back home that maybe, you know, I can share my experience with them. Mm. Uh, I started, but then after a year, <laughs> I couldn't continue. Uh, sometimes I feel that maybe I should restart it. Uh, maybe sometimes I feel in English or Urdu or what will be the topic, what I will be doing. And uh, currently I'm also very busy. So this is the, these are the thoughts in the back of my mind. If not now, but in future, I'm planning to, you know, continue doing something similar on YouTube, but maybe in writing only. Well, we look forward to seeing that content as it, as it gets developed. Uh, one last question. Um, you talked about being a lifelong learner. Any favorite books that you recommend our audience read? Mm, favorite books. Yeah, this is also one of the hobbies I used to have. <laughs> but, but with this, uh, I would say maybe I still find time, but maybe, you know, this social media distraction, that's also one of the reasons that uh, it's difficult to focus when you are reading a book. We even started recently, probably earlier this year, we started a book club within our company too, so that other people can also uh, get into it. And uh, you know, after reading a book, then we can also you know discuss different things. So I would say that I mean, of course, not it's very difficult to pick just one book as favorite book, but one of the books which really inspired me and uh, uh, had a good impact on me was. Uh, the power of now. Mm. So I think Picard Tolle. So uh, I used to watch his uh, YouTube channel too, a lot of YouTube videos too. So that was one of my favorite books too. Also, uh, uh, I think there are a lot of books on, on Rumi. Uh, Rumi is the probably, uh, I don't know what's, how do we like, what's the full name, but Rumi is the philosopher and the poet and the uh, what do you call the, the mystic from Iran. So not now, like in ancient time, not ancient time, but uh, I would say that uh, probably in 1200. So, mm. so I used to read his uh, uh, short stories too. So that was really inspiring. And uh, what else? Uh, recently, we, um, like in my professional, we recently read a book collectively that was like 4DX method, uh, I think by Frank Covey or one of the Coveys, I forgot the full name. So that was something we really learned a lot and we started implementing their methods of uh, improving the overall quality of the work and overall revenue 4DX. 
So, so these are some of the books I feel really, you know, motivating and inspiring. I love the fact that you use, you started the book club and you use that as a tool to bring the team together and talk about business concepts or leadership concepts. That's a, that's a, a great uh, tool to be using for, for team development and leadership. But what, what makes you Exactly. That was really fantastic. I was also, I did not expect that people would be so much involved. And uh, I mean, uh, that was probably one of the best ways to engage people in what, what we are doing. So that was unexpected, but very motivating and uh, a good learning experience. Well, well, Mamek, thank you for being on our show today. Um, we got into some really deep topics and uh, your insights were very insightful. Um, appreciate your time and it's always good to see you. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.